White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Right after, grand slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter. It is at EctorWall23, Lawrence spelled backwards. That is Chris Tannehill, at Chris Tannehill, and our show is at Locked On Sox. If you want to leave us a voice message, 312-566-8727 to do that or LockedOnSox at gmail.com for email. Go to Twitter, Instagram, and to YouTube and subscribe there to LockedOnSox. Without any further ado, it is Chris Tannehill. Chris, tough night, but we'll get back to Adam. Oh, I'm fine. Um, You know, we were talking about that flight from the uh, south side of Chicago to Houston mm-hmm. yes, on yesterday's show and how they got to be feeling pretty good. Uh, I wonder how good they were feeling on that flight because you, you show up against a, a, a damn good team mm-hmm. in the Houston Astros and, and you lose 10-2, to 2, you get your doors blown off, and now you're 43-26 and 26 and the Indians beat the Orioles 10-3, to 3, so the lead in the AL Central drops to three and a half games, and it may be time to retract the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, Maybe retroactive to 1983 even, uh, you know, and the Sox can reclaim the American League Championship. But yeah, man, so there's not a whole lot to take from this game last night, and we realize it is a, a feel-good, fast, fun pizza Friday here, so we're going to bring you into the weekend, and we're, we're not going to necessarily dwell on that game last night, but just going over a, a few quick notes about this one. Again, Sox losers 10 to two not many takeaways from this one Dylan Cease not particularly good he was cruising you know look I I do find it funny uh one of the first things on my notes here and Mm. we're going to talk about Gordon Beckham Uh, did a great job last night I'll play a little bit of that for you and uh our friend Mike Victor one of our first supporters of the show went back and he was uh, having old takes exposed but I don't know if you can call it exposing when you're right about something um but he went back did you know the other one is called they already knew (laughs) yeah um so maybe we'll be highlighted on that one but did you did you notice that he went back and found our tweets from the postseason of 2020 when we were when the Sox were at home and uh and we were marveling at uh, at uh, Michael Brantley just doing wonderful things in the postseason, yep. and we already had our, our sights set on him, I believe, since before the season of 2020 even began, even pre-COVID, I think. Yep. So, so he went back and liked our, our tweets uh, of me saying, um, Michael Brantley plus Marcus Stroman equals or plus Andrew Vaughn at DH equals 2021 AL Central champs and you were just talking you were just talking about all the great things that Michael Brantley was doing in the postseason so and Mike Victor went back and liked my tweet about that and then people were on Twitter they they must have seen that in their timeline Mm-hmm. Uh, on Twitter, so uh, the people felt the need to uh, to reply to me as if this was a current conversation. I'd hope the bar would be set higher with those additions. They're already going to win the AL Central without Brantley or Stroman. Um, it's just it's funny <laughs> how Twitter works uh, uh, from someone who wasn't even following me but somehow found that in the old algorithm there. But uh, yeah, Michael Brantley, if I could do anything, you know, I would, you know, we talk about process all the time on the show over results. Uh, the process 
process of giving up a, a three-run home run in the first inning, I didn't like that. I, I don't think Dylan C should have done that. That was a bad no. decision by him. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't helped out by his defense. No. Um, Tim, with a great play, he did everything right. You just sometimes a fast runner like Altuve will beat it out. I have no qualms with Tim and what happened there. But the Yoan Mankata, it's just... It's inconsistent defense. He's much better than that. I wouldn't even be tripping that much if I thought that he was a subpar defender. I think he's an extraordinary defender, and you could see the plays that he makes. And so when you see a relatively easy throw to second base, calm, relaxed, he dirts it, and they don't get the out right there. I know the double play was not going to happen, but getting that one out helps your pitcher out relaxes him you know Dylan Cease is not too far away from a meltdown start where he lets one thing contribute to the next thing which contributed to the Michael Brantley home run so you need to help out your young pitcher there and I know he's not doing it on purpose but these things with Yohan it's uh, inconsistency at third base that I'm not liking but far as Dylan Cease he didn't have it tonight he just didn't have it, it was he, he kind of had it and then just lost it Oh yeah, because, like, yeah. Like, I mean, he lost his command a hundred percent, like in the fourth, or and he had to get out of the game. But because this was cruising for a little bit, even though with the oh. three runs across in the first, it was like, okay, Dylan's getting it, throwing it, you know, pounding the zone, nine it. in a row, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden, uh, yeah, that happens. But yeah, so you know, just one you throw away for Dylan season. I'm, I'm breaking form here tonight. We are brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our locked on rooms. Locker Room. Changing the way we talk sports, there there is a news item here from the White Sox. Adam Eaton goes to the IL. Zach Birdie came up in his stead. You saw Zach tonight uh, with a, a decent appearance, uh, logging uh, an inning in two thirds, uh, giving up a hit in two walks. Um, just get, getting you through a game right there. That that was nice, just to get him acclimated, reacclimated to the 2021 season he had an appearance with uh, against Boston earlier but it was uh, nice to get him up and I would like to see what he can do this year with a little time I know he's not going to be here forever but a right-handed arm with uh, some velocity I think that's a, a welcome surprise and a welcome addition to some guys that I think are a little taxed down there currently so um you know, not much to take away from this one. Dylan C's had it, lost the field for the breaking stuff, and he became a one-pitch pitcher. And when you're going up against a really good lineup like that, it's going to be a problem. And I, I forgot, this was our first time facing the Astros. And I mean myself and the mouse in my pocket here. Uh, the White Sox first time facing the Astros. And since the, the whole cheating scandal stuff. And it's kind of funny. You know, I, I I hadn't really processed my feelings, and we're going to get to Dallas Keuchel's some of his thoughts on, on returning to Houston in the final segment here as he takes them out on Sunday. But I haven't really uh, come to terms with my feelings on the whole cheating scandal thing. We work in the sports radio industry, and we're just sort of you know churning out content day in and day out, hearing opinions, giving opinions. But it was the first time we saw the Astros in two years, and uh, just seeing the way that ball gets out of that bandbox of a ballpark at times. Uh, you know, if, if you have the right team and, and the guys who can who can hit it over the fence a little bit, it really is egregious uh, what they were doing there with, with sign stealing and all the, the, the crude methods they were using to get one over on the opposing team. When that ballpark can play even smaller than it already is uh, to left and right field, uh, that's some serious stuff right there, man. And just uh, it brought back some of those old feelings that I forgot I even had about the Astros and seeing most of the uh, guilty parties, so, so to speak, still there. Oh, What's that? 
Yeah, still there. Yeah, they're still there, and you know, time moves on, and you know, some guys switch teams and they come back to face them, and it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's weird to, to, to sort of parse through as you're, as you're watching that team pummel uh, the White Sox. Perhaps if the Sox had beat them last night, it would be different. I did not like. I don't know if he could have caught the ball, but the route that Brian Goodwin took to get that ball, that rocket shot off the bat of Correa, uh, it was a hard ball to get, but the route was was troublesome it was just like straight across instead of getting a little depth and then the jump at the end was not or near the ball so you know little things there you know brian goodwin showing you why you know he got released by a couple teams i don't know if he would have caught the ball but i saw the defense was a little bit suspect as adam eaton make that play <laughs> no, Adam Engel does in right field. Well, Engel does, yeah, in a perfect yeah. world, yeah, with Adam. Yeah, Engel if he's in playing right, right yeah. field, yeah, he's 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 definitely catching. But it, it goes to show you, though, when you when you're not playing your your best ball, and we saw this with the Toronto series, we saw it with the Tampa series. If you're not playing a, a crisp ball game, you're going to get your ass kicked out there. And the Astros, are, they're as hot as the as the Devil as excuse me, Devil Rays. I was about to say Blue Jays, but then I was like, no, the Rays, and then I added the extra word and I said Devil Rays. Uh, they're as hot, hotter than the Rays were almost, and so especially at home, they're a damn tough team. But if you don't play a clean game and you, and you give them outs early on in the ball game, and they could just pounce on you quickly, that's a recipe for disaster. So I think we just talked that one up as uh, hopefully an anomaly. We hadn't seen it many times this year, uh, where the Sox just get outplayed in, in every facet of the game. Um, what did you make of Gordon Beckham uh, last night doing the, uh, the 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 color analyst work? I thought he was pretty good. Yeah, I thought for his first time, really good, really uh, sharp understanding of the game. Even gave us a little uh, levity at the end of the game with Scotty Pods and some yeah. of the bats he was having. How about all those names there during that, that walk-off video of, of Beckham back in 09, I think it was. You had Bobby Jenks, Jim Tomey, Gavin Floyd coming out there. Uh, what die. about what, Die. What about Thanks? He was there Can't as see. well. Yeah, it was just a weird. It was like a, a, White, a White Sox, uh, you know, Mad, uh, Mad Libs sort of thing. You know, just a, what a blast from the past there. But he was really good, I think. Very comfortable. Um, you know, Jason, of course, is the consummate professional, so he's going to have every you know position to, to succeed there with Jason to the side of him. Uh, I'll share something that he said about your mean there uh, coming up later on in the segment, but I thought he was really good, comfortable. I enjoyed a good personality, wasn't too dry, had some funny anecdotes. The, the Eddie, Vedder, Eddie Vedder story was pretty funny. I enjoyed that. So, yeah, th- I think that was good. We'll, we'll have the uh, pleasure of uh, hearing uh, Gordon Beckham for the next three games uh, uh, this week. So there's good stuff right there. Uh, coming up in the next segment, we've got Rick Hahn is sharing some of our beliefs. We'll get to that uh, as well. Uh, but I mentioned the Gordon Beckham talking about your mean. Your mean struggling again, and it really seems like he's not going to be long for this ball club if they can get another warm body up here. I don't know how long he's going to have here to figure things out. Uh, but you look at your mean, another 0 for tonight. He's 0 for mm-hmm. 4. Uh, the uh, batting average down to 275, OPS down to 745, and there's uh, someone down in AAA who may force the issue and may uh, give Yermin a one-way ticket to Charlotte, and we'll, we'll talk about that in the next segment. But uh, here is what Gordon Beckham said about Yermin Mercedes at the plate, and what I did like about Gordon Beckham, it's funny because you can see why a guy with all the ability that he had uh, as a player, you could see why maybe he didn't, you know, uh, thrive because there's a lot of moving parts. The brain is firing off a lot of things. He's a smart dude. He's he's a lot uh, 
you know, he let us in a little bit last night. He's a lot smarter than anything anyone gave him credit for. Not that we thought he was a dum-dum, but mm-hmm. just like an eloquent guy, a very observant guy, pointing out several different things that he was noticing, like all in one at bat. It was like there's stuff coming all over the place there from from Gordon Beckham. So I could see why. And if you latch yourself on with Paul Canerco at a young age, who was a very c- cerebral guy, always analyzing everything to, to, mm-hmm. to a fault, you could see why maybe Gordon didn't have the recipe for success on the south side i thought that was uh, all of a sudden things became clear to me now why he didn't uh, you know succeed in a white Sox uniform but he was still was able to point out some of the things that he saw going on with your mean and here's what he said here's mercedes i see your mean and i i see a little bit of a difference i know he's struggling a little bit i see like it's almost like when he was going real good he was really getting into that back back side that back knee with a little bend you know and it seems like he's just losing his backside a little bit and, and kind of guessing and coming. It's like sliding towards the pitcher a little bit versus waiting on it. You see how he's a little, you know, he's a, right there. He's just a little jumpy. He, it's almost like he thinks he's late. And so he's trying to get his body in position to do something quicker than he has to. He's a little sped up. So it's like, how do I allow that ball to travel? How do I allow that ball to travel long enough for me to see it? I can still serve it into right. If I get jammed, I get jammed. One, two, he Better. slashed it foul right side. But you can tell, you see how he was, his butt was out a little bit, and he was kind of reached for it. It's That's because I feel like his, his zone right now is out in front and to kind of left field. I, I'd rather, if, if I was him or if I was telling him, I would want to see him just not, just eliminate the left side of the field and just try to go the other way for a couple of bats. Takes outside there, two and two, and that would put him back on balance? I think so. I think what... What it does is allows the ball to travel, allows you to see it a little longer, and then all of a sudden you're like, hey, I didn't have to make that move that quick. I have a little bit more time than I think. Mm-hmm. And it kind of slows down your brain to say, okay, I've, I've, I've got, I can still find the other side of the field. Let's find that side of the field before this, the left side of the field opens up. There you go. This to right, down the line, and just foul. That's what you're talking about right there. Yeah, he let that ball get a little deep on him, and you could tell he... he you can tell a swing doesn't feel right. I mean, you can just, just like I saw in Cease earlier, you just you can tell something's not right. It's not just the results. You can just tell in body language of, that he doesn't feel super comfortable in the, at the dish right now. Um, the good thing is he's, he's, fight, he's having a great at bat. He's fighting. This is a good at bat when you're not feeling good at the plate. Hopefully he can find a way to, to you know, blue point in the outfield, find a hole, get his confidence back up. How about that? Little floater into right field, but McCormick is there to make the catch for round number three. Two runs across. Sox are on the comeback trail. Uh, they were not on the comeback trail. Spoiler <laughs> alert if you're just joining us here. Um, but, yeah, I thought that was good stuff there from Gordon. Just very detailed, very observant uh, dude. And I thought that was a nice change of pace from Stoney, who's always great. But just having a guy there, you know, uh, you know, you don't hear that often about body language. And, you know, guys that played recently can can, can sort of sniff that stuff out because uh, they're still close to the game. But I thought that was pretty good analysis there from Gordo. Really, I was astonished by when I heard that. It's just a, a good breakdown of somebody he's probably been watching a little bit. And like you said, he hung around Paul Konerko. And Paul Konerko's system of overanalyzing and thinking about swing playing and leg and all that drive stuff worked for Paul Konerko. But for a person like Gordon or different people, wouldn't work because it drives you crazy about thinking about all those things. And Paul can 
think about all those things and also put a good swing on the ball and readjust that swing. It wouldn't work for everybody else. And so Gordon using those analytics and those, uh, that knowledge that he got from Paul and probably had before is great at analyzing what your means doing. And he said, what we always say, the results might not matter. You know, you might get a hit with the bad mechanics that Dylan Cease was showing and the uncomfortable swing that your means doing. He almost got a hit there with McCormick with a good play, but you could tell, you know, you're not swinging it well and you fighting yourself and you're trying to get out of this slump. And any player who has been as bad as your mean been since uh, May 17th, I think his average is somewhere in the one forties or something like that. No power. I think a two Oh two slugging percentage. You would try to be pressing. You would try to think about the things you did earlier, but that was a groove swing that was in tune and, hyped and at a good time and also a confident player not trying to chase that swing that he had just the swing was natural so yeah Gordon's breaking it down like no other he did a great job I don't mind when he's in the booth you know other people they're forgettable when they did the whole LA thing I really didn't like it unless it was Bill Walton you know when you have a (laughs) actor in there but if you have a professional baseball player especially a guy who played for the White Sox out there I'm in there. I was initially a, su- a suspect on this thing, but Gordon did a great job. Sox only able to muster up four hits last night. And so, you know, the, the hits coming off the bats of Goodwin, Grandal, Abreu, and Engel. Just uh, not a good night offensively. Just one you, one you throw away, but they, they got to get it together. And we'll preview the rest of the series in the final segment. But uh, the, the pitchers for, for Houston, they do not let up. They've got some good guys uh, going up against the Sox this weekend. They're going to have to be on their A game, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, coming up next, Rick Hahn has – thoughts on the big picture plans here at the trade deadline and they sort of mirror things that Herb and I were saying. I think Rick Hahn's listening to the show clearly. (laughs) That's next here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you in part by Fully Loaded Chew. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that give you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz you're used to without tobacco. Available in nine flavors, Fully Loaded Chew is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine available. But don't just take my word for it. Listen to Brad Fuller from the National Pro Fishing League tell you more. I've been a dipper of chewing tobacco for over 20 years. I have quit, started, and quit and started. And now I've found a product where I don't have to quit. Let me introduce you to Fully Loaded. This product is food grade quality, but it's not tobacco. That means the nicotine that's in this is not from tobacco. It's actually called TFN, it's tobacco-free nicotine. So you still get nicotine, but it's not from tobacco. Guys, I've tried a lot of these brands and things like this before. This is as close and as real to real tobacco as you're gonna get. You get all the benefits of it, and what I like about it, they have great flavors, they have pouches, they have straight, they have long cut, and it actually dips like real dip. It comes in fully loaded, half-loaded, and then the nicotine-free. So you, you can walk yourself back and walk away from the nicotine. I love it. You're going to love it. And now Fully Loaded Chew is offering a locked-on team listeners a special offer. Right now, you can try it just for $1. That's right, folks, just 1 buck. Go to www.fullyloadedchew.com and use our promo code LOCKEDON. That's right, just $1 and free shipping if you use the code LOCKEDON at checkout. The next time you go for a dip, make it Fully Loaded Chew at fullyloadedchew.com. 
Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Rick Hahn spoke. I don't know how they're doing this. We were talking this about this at work yesterday where Rick Hahn has been giving quotes to different members of the media. I don't know if it's just tenured beat guys who happen to be traveling with the team, which is not everyone, uh, but those that do travel are, are getting good stuff. I don't know if, the, if he's doing one-on-ones or if he's just casually meeting the media uh, before batting practice, as he was would be one to do during a, a traditional homestand, but I, I don't know. You know, the, the, these quotes came before the final game of the Tampa series, so I'm sure it was just the the, the beat writers that were there in person, and he probably just to talk to them all or met them one on one. But either way, there was some good stuff that he gave to Vinny Duber, and we were talking about Rick Hahn and the risk calculus here, and how you know speculating on how Rick Hahn may see his own team. Uh, coming up over the next month and a half or so as we approach this trade deadline. How, how good does he think his team is? How much help does he think his team needs? And I think he gave a little bit of insight here. Uh, these quotes from uh, Vinny Duber uh, over at NBC Sports Chicago. Rakan says, we look at where we're at today and obviously we have to be pleased. It's not only based on where we are in the standings, but what we've had to overcome to get to this spot in the standings so far. And whenever I see overcome, uh, I know they have injuries, but they've had to overcome some other things too in, in that dugout. <laughs> I think, uh, to get in this spot in the standing so far. We've still got a ton of work to do. Over the course of this summer, for the next several weeks, we're going to find a lot more about what our own internal options are capable of doing. Capable of doing Those that are active, what those on the IL might be capable of contributing in the second half, as well as a greater understanding of what the market is in terms of who's available and what the cost is to address those holes. I think it's the expectation. You want to maximize your chances to win, Han said. It's our nature to look at every opportunity to get ourselves better. I do think we've made no secret about how we don't want this to be a one and done. We want this to be something we can perpetuate years, which is really what we're trying to balance in terms of any acquisitions, long-term costs, and what it does to us going forward. Chances to win are sacred, and we're going to treat this one accordingly. Good stuff right there, and I think Rick Hahn sees what we see in this team, and he he must have heard what we were talking about this team. I said this team was special. I, I think you were you're one to agree with that in terms of how they've been able to navigate through some of the suspect managerial decisions and the injuries they've had to overcome. So Rick Rick Hahn knows what he's what he has here. The part that stuck out to me is the whole thing about not being a, a one and done situation and how they they want to be set up perpetually to to be. Uh, not just competent, but to be division winners year in and year out, or at least playoff uh, appearances year after year after year. I have my doubts about that. I said that on yesterday's show, but I'm, I'm trying to think of what Rick Hahn could do that would make this a one and done because the core is already locked up. Yeah. I know you've got guys that are going probably going to be on their way out. Lance Lynn, Carlos Rodon, just to make this, you know, we're working with those assumptions right now. What could Rick Hahn possibly do to this team now that would uh, hinder uh, their chances at winning over, let's say, the next five years? I don't think there's many moves that he can make that could hurt this current core because he's not moving pieces from the core. So what are we thinking here? Do you, are we thinking about uh, making a move like trading Kopech? I think I think that's who he's thinking of when he's talking about uh, hindering future success because you have mm-hmm. these two guys in the rotation that are on their way out. Maybe so. I think you know when when I think Kopech is probably the number one piece people are asking for. No, 
Yeah, uh, that's probably the name he's referencing right there without saying it specifically because there's no other piece that's in the minors. And I was talking to Mike Rankin from Future Sox, who also works at the score with us, about what would it take to trade and who would you trade away? And I know people love Jarrett Kelly, who's the young uh, high schooler we picked up, uh, I think, a couple of years ago. Hurt. He's got, yeah, but he's got a couple <laughs> years left in development even when he does come back so a guy like that would even go on my list and then you know whatever you have Dahlquist, Stever, Berger even guys that I think probably can't go um, in the future or that you're maybe counting on the future I would trade them there's no guy that I would say okay this guy cannot get off of my team Michael Kopech is close to that but i would rather not trade him but i would say if there's a nice deal where somebody's giving you a player that is of michael kopech's ilk and has some years left in the contract maybe one or two i gotta i gotta think about it i know i don't know which how you feel about it if there's a, a zero sum for michael kopech or if it's like 90 well, percent you're not trading him and then there's that little sliver that's what i'm feeling like I'm 90%. I'm not trading him, but there's a 10% out there. It's like, hey, man, if they give you the right deal, Michael Kopech has to go. Well, yeah, there's, uh, you know, I don't know if you've heard this quote before her working in the sports radio industry, but uh, Jerry Reinsdorf once told me personally, there's one guy that you can't trade uh, within, you know, that's number 23 on the Bulls. Um, but that's what they, Ron Ventura, <laughs> they traded. No, no. Um, yeah. Well, they didn't trade. He went a uh, free agent, right? Yeah. To the, to the Doyers at first, I believe. Yeah. And on the Mets, w- but was he Met or Dodger first? I don't remember. Met, Do- Met Yankee Dodger. I okay. Think. Yeah. Um, I thought you were a fan. Um, um, so yeah, you're right. Okay. So, you know, I'd have to know who is available right now. These top tier guys that would be trade targets are not necessarily being dangled out there because, you know, there's, there's not a ton of teams in it that are for real, for real in it, but there's also like, you know, uh, not a ton of teams that are out of it at this point. So you're not hearing about the big names. Like usually at this point we know, who, what guys are going to get traded, but because of the, 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 the playoffs and, and everyone being kind of lumped together, there's more have-nots than haves. I think people are more inclined to hold on to their stars, but I'd have to see what the, what the deal was. But I, I think having Kopech slide into the rotation next year is, is a big part of why I don't think they'll move him because you, you, you know you're going to need to fill two spots. Again, working under the assumption – that Lynn and Rodon are not coming back. You have a cost control guy, which let's be honest for the White Sox, the huge deal, uh, a guy that you think is going to be effective in, in Kopech. So you can immediately slide that guy into the rotation. So that's why I don't think that they're, that they're going to make a move for him. I mean, what are they going to do? Like, is he going to be part of an Adam Frazier package? You know, I don't think that's a move that I would make because like you said, I know having options and having good problems is good. And you have Madrigal and Frazier on your team next year, and there's worse problems in the world. But I think that's a move that I would not make. I would not include Kopech in an Adam Frazier trade, you know, nor would I in a Nicholas Castellanos trade. And that's how much and I love Nicholas Castellanos. It'd be a great fit on this Man. team. No, all right. I don't know. Would, would I trade Kopech for Nicholas Castellanos? <laughs> yeah. You think about Nicholas it. Nicholas huh? Castellanos puts 
like because he has outs and if those outs right the white it's, Sox can say no and has the two years left after this i'm trading michael kopech for nicholas castellanos yes okay all right that's that's where we disagree uh just because like you you are um about the financial situation the white Sox always say that they're in and we know how they operate and i, I have my doubts about uh looking at the 2022 free agent pitchers and I, I don't think that this is going to be a market that they're going to necessarily be interested in dabbling in so I just I just don't think they would do it in that regard and I, and I would if I'm Rakan I would not be inclined to do that because knowing you have a cost control young pitcher who's already had Tommy John and who's looked just awesome this year and granted you know still very much a big question mark because he hasn't completed a full season he's been on the IL for a bit and he hasn't started oh he started like what one two games this year and it wasn't even really a start start it was like more like an opener situation so still some unknowns there but yeah I mean I I I don't know if I'd do that to to be honest with you but that's something we can explore later because we don't even know if he's going to be shopped or not but uh, cost control pitching is one of the most valuable commodities uh, in this game so um, but there is a, a guy that uh, is uh, sort of making waves in the fact that he changed positions last night down in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. We're talking, of course, about Jake Berger. And you talk about some of the depth you may need in the middle infield this year with uh, Nick Madrigal being out. And Jake Berger is a guy who played second base last night for Charlotte uh, in their victory, their 9-3 to victory over uh, Jacksonville. And hits a home run, which he's one to do. Uh, the power stroke's been there for Jake Berger. I believe that was his eighth home run last night, but he also played second base and had four putouts at second base. No errors. Uh, you know, he made every every bit of his opportunities out there and retired uh, every uh, batter that hit one towards him. So, so far, so good. And he did lose a significant amount of weight. So, you know, obviously we know he was drafted as a third baseman, but he wanted to, you know, have a little more flexibility and keep some weight off the Achilles and he can now sort of give you more versatility in the infield there. So that's an intriguing possibility, uh, and I think that's something that they would be willing to explore sooner than later with Jake Berger at second base. What do you think? I just don't want to do an experiment with this team. Yeah. he. It's a great story, and he's fought back from a lot of adversity, but this is the time just to push the pedal down, and you got to get a major league second baseman out there, and I love Danny Medic, but not him. Give me Eduardo Escobar out there at minimum, at very minimum. Give me him. What about Tim Beckham? Tim Beckham, Beckham no. almost – he also hit his ninth home run uh, no. last he, night. I know, and he's, I know he's been killing the ball at AAA and great. I got to I gotta be – has some assurances. I can't be doing these reclamation projects and good stories just to do them. I know when they're not just to do them, they're to – actually get some production out of this person but yeah you know if it doesn't work you know it costs the team it will probably hurt the team so i just need to put the pedal down and acquire somebody who's a second baseman already and that plays at a high level at second base i would say that if you would have told me that andrew vaughn could play as good as left field as, as he has been i would have been like no way dude so yeah. I, nothing would surprise me in this game anymore it, you know i i but when i see jake berger even with, with the the slim down look i don't see middle infielder you no. know you've got to be light on your feet quick uh 
get you know, a lot of range, a lot, lot of range, you know, so can he, can he get you through a game and maybe give you a little pop, you know, but we've, but what have we learned this year about run prevention, Herb? Like we talked about it after the Eloy injury, like this team is going to hopefully save a lot of runs instead of, you know, mash the ball a little bit. They're actually going to save some runs out there in the outfield with some, some stellar defense. And, you know, Andrew Vaughn has not been an awesome defender out there, but he's made some plays. He made one last night up against the wall, really nice play. But I think we've, we, we've learned here to appreciate uh, sound defense and the pitching staff has been so good because largely they've made the plays behind them and yeah it's you know I, that's not something I'd be willing to explore unless he can play third in, in a short stint and then you maybe DH Moncada because like, we don't we're agreement that we don't want to mess with Moncada because I, I don't want to call him f- uh, fragile but he's sort of a guy where everything's got to be be going perfectly, I think. You know, like he's got to be 100% healthy, feeling mm-hmm. good, and then you see what an awesome player he is. So to ask him to move back to second base, uh, you know, to, to allow Jake Berger to play third, I'm not a fan of that. So maybe you use that as a, as a spot to give Yohan a breather and put him at DH, and then you shuffle some guys around. But that's a lot of shuffling just to, to make want to shoehorn one guy onto your onto your big league roster so that's why it's not a perfect solution by any means but it was you know it's our obligation to tell you guys that that's what uh you know they they, they are certainly thinking about it and when i see rick Hahn talking about internal options you know i wonder if that's one of the ones he's he's contemplating along with with tim beckham maybe you know and i and i have to work so hard to not call him tim beckman because <laughs> like as soon as i get to go on tim i immediately want to go beckman your guy uh, we use the word oski around <laughs> these parts so yeah man I, I, but I, I take away though overall I am glad that that Rick Hahn acknowledges that this year may be a little bit different and every year is in fact sacred even though we you know I said that because Theo Epstein said that and I'm sure Theo Epstein's not the first one to come up with that term in terms of what your chances to win a World Series but Rick Hahn used the exact same damn words that we used and Theo Epstein used so he knows so that that's encouraging I think what, what, what do you think do you think overall that's an encouraging sign that Rick Hahn sees what we see with this team and he's not sort of uh, playing it close to the vest here I, I think that was sort of uh, an encouraging thing to hear him speak so highly about this club knowing that they need some reinforcements and i hope that rick is allowed to do his job that'll be great and i hope the confidence he has in his voice and we didn't really hear his voice but the quotes sound uh as a confident tone was struck there that he's gotten some insurances assurances that he can do his job and give away some minor league players and take on some salary if need be from jerry so yeah, if Rick sees this as the opportunity to seize and maybe some capital from that whole thing with Tony LaRusa and going over his head, I would think you would have to have some type of capital to stay at the job that you are. And the, the owner would owe you one and say, hey, I got you on the backside. We're going to win this because my manager's here. <laughs> so I'll get you on the other side of, you know, holding your powder dry, as you would say in uh, the beginning of the year, Danny. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think Rick is uh, very confident. And I've feel that if he needs to make a move even if he needs just to solidify a spot that like i said second base that might be a little subpar i think he'll do the job and get the deal done for a fair value not overpay we'll take a quick time to the rest of this series and preview the weekend and monday show next here on locked on white Sox. this episode of locked on white Sox is brought to you by Wealthfront. You know, stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun, but if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. 
Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences that you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax-loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Weatherfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash MLB. That's Wealthfront.com slash MLB. All you need to get started is 500 bucks. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed slash MLB to start growing your savings, go to Wealthfront.com slash MLB and get started today. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Herb and I, we just ordered 36 new Built Bars for our workspace because we love to snack during our shows on the score and we don't want to have bad choices during the day. So we ha- we keep Built Bars in abundance at work. They're right there next to us in the control room. So let me ask you, Herb. What's your favorite Built Bar flavor? Which ones did we order? I already forgot. They're so delicious, though. I Well, I love the peanut butter brownie. That is one of my favorites. I think you ordered some salted caramel for us, which also I love that flavor. And thirdly, if you're going to order Built Bars for me, give me that cookies and cream, too. I'm on max yeah. all of them. I and, did. I got you some cookies and cream. I'm glad you like those. So yeah, we, uh, yeah, that's my stuff because you, it's under uh, it's under 200 calories for all of them. Like I think the cookies and cream is like 160 calories. And telling you, sitting on the board from a you know a beginning of a baseball game to the end, you're gonna have three to four hours of just not moving. It's a very convenient move just to reach over in the counter and grab a built bar and take you from lunch to dinner without having all these junk food and giving you great energy too it's awesome in the middle of a game just to sit there and eat a built bar real quick and they're delicious as hell absolutely they are and a little health and fitness update i am down 19 pounds now and i don't think i I would have done it without built bar they've just been so clutch and they've pretty much eliminated my sweet tooth for the most part and whenever i do have those cravings i have these built bars right there with me and I've got. Uh, I used to think I was cool and I was an influencer, but I think I figured out what Built Bar is doing. I don't know if you got this package, her, but they sent me Grasshopper Cookie, and it's a mm. new one that they're rolling out. I would expect you guys will see that soon at BuiltBar.com. It is those concrete mixers. It's one of my favorite uh, delicacies. And it's only 150 calories with 17 grams of protein, and it's delicious. I'm going to have one here right after the show as my little treat. So if you want to have some Built Bars for yourself, have healthy snack options in your life. Go to BuiltBar.com, and if you go there, use our promo code LOCKED15, and that's going to get you 15% off of your first order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best-tasting protein bar ever. Sox lose a tough one on Thursday evening, but tonight, Herb, it's appointment television as Carlos Rodon goes up against Luis Garcia. Rodon is 6-2 with a 189 earned run average. Garcia, 5-4 and four with a 2-9-8. He is uh, right-handed. And um, it's interesting because Carlos Rodon is now facing the Astros just days after he, he spoke to Chuck Garfine and talked about how it's uh, just absolute hypocrisy that baseball is cracking down on the sticky stuff when they never punish the Astros. So I think it's interesting. Just days from those comments, now he gets his shot to face the Astros. And uh, he's got to bring his A game because this is a pretty damn good lineup here uh, in Houston. <laughs> 
Talk your stuff, man. <laughs> Hell, talk your stuff and back it up. Yeah, man. He knew it, and that's what I like about it. There was only one pitcher who knew he was going to pitch in this series. So I thought that that would be Rodon. Like, you know, I thought he was pitching the last game in, in uh, the Rays when I heard that uh, comment. I was like, ooh, real spicy, real spicy. <laughs> oh, shit, we want to get some this weekend. <laughs> hey, if you're going to talk, let's go. You got to go out there. And you know that the, the Astros are going to be looking, and the crowd's going to be on you looking to kill you and you're a top-notch pitcher in this uh, league they were looking to feast on one of the best pitchers in the league as they are as a collective one of the best hitting teams in the league if not the best so i i love it if he backs it up with a great performance i love it even more saturday there, there's a couple of fox games here listed you have the cardinals and braves and then you have obviously Sox and astros lance lynn Seven and two mm. with a one five one going up against Framber Valdez three and zero with a one four two a left hander, yeah, dude. That's what I'm saying. Like they, they keep throwing guys at you. Houston, like, you didn't hear much about the Astros, you know, uh, you know, because we, we focus on the Sox mostly and we see a lot of the same teams over and over, especially after 2020. But man, they're a, they're a, they're a tough team right now. But I'm wondering mm-hmm. if the Sox are going to get some national coverage. I don't know which one of those games is the Joe Buck game. Out of those two, uh, the Braves are in Atlanta there. I, I'm not sure about that one, but it'll be interesting. So the Sox will be on uh, regionalized national television, one of the two games there. So if we get my guy Adam Amin, I'll be fine with that too. Yeah, absolutely. Or Joe Davis? Absolutely. So that, that'll be Saturday night's game, and then Sunday is the one that uh, I'm re- really looking forward to, and I think most Sox fans should be as well. Astros fans will be looking forward to it. This will be one of the things that uh, is talked about on Sunday uh, all day when you're talking about some of the matchups that you have. It's, of course, Dallas Keuchel makes his return to Houston. He's 6-1 and one at the, with a 3-7-8 against Lance McCullers Jr., 3-1 and one with a 2-8-9. So a bunch of guys with a sub-3 ERA for Houston, and McCullers is sort of like uh, – Keuchel's protege all those years when they were together in Houston. So Dallas Keuchel going up against his former team is going to be uh, appointment television. I'm looking forward to seeing that, especially after that really good outing that Dallas had the other night. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to him, you know, even though I think their championship is tainted, getting his just due. Like he left there abruptly and thought he was going to resign and blames uh, Lou now for, you know, creating an atmosphere that was not great for him and, eventually got him fired well if you Uh, remember 2017 i think it was at the trade deadline dallas keigel came out and he was making the the case that that they needed some reinforcements at the deadline and they they eventually got it they eventually got it yeah but at the time i remember there was there was quite a riff there and it's like okay well you listen to your to your stud and now you got a ring because of it and some other things and the other stuff not so much friends yeah they they looked at those (laughs) things friends and felt them as the buzzers had had yeah but But him tipping the cap will be great you to the fans getting his his maybe a video tribute hey huh. this is dallas kaika won cy young won a, a world series for us if that was our guy and to <laughs> me like i said he's like mark burley to me here in chicago i can't imagine what the f- folks at houston are going to feel for him if mark when mark burley did come back to the white Sox as a blue jay everybody went wild it was an awesome atmosphere and i think that's what's going to be for dallas kaika i was there uh 
Dallas Keuchel talked about his return to the Astros and the the sort of complicated feelings that everyone had as he sort of did the, he pulled the Homer Simpson gift backing out of Houston uh, as he signed with the White Sox and you remember he had those uncomfortable questions at Soxfest uh, in uh, January of 2020 and uh, here's what he said about reflecting on his time there in Houston amidst the uh, cheating scandal. Well, I, I think I think a lot of fans are misinformed because oh, okay. it wasn't just the Astros doing things. We were kind of keeping up with the times, and you know it's kind of sad that that it is what it is at this point in time. But I've moved on, and you know life life always moves on. So I'm not going to stick get stuck back in a past year or past experience, and um, you know it is what it is. But life moves forward. So if people want to hold on to to what they think is is reality, then I'd, I'd let them. But it doesn't hurt me. I just try to move forward, try to be the best I can because I know I know my life here in baseball is not going to last forever, and I'm trying to take advantage as much as I possibly can. So there was a lot of, you know, just uh, player speak at the end there, but the beginning part of that where, you know, fans are misinformed and they were trying to keep up with the times, Herb. That's all they were doing, just keeping up with the times. That's all. That's all. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Not getting a nice contract, not getting a World Series ring. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I think that was uh, interesting because uh, you had uh, Ryan Spader coming out this week and, and link, linking everyone and their mother and then to, to cheating since 2015, saying that the Royals were the first team to implement a, a video team uh, near the clubhouse, near the dugout, and then he went on to say that all these other teams were cheating, and then he walked it back, and he was on on the score, and he was sound like he was going to cry. But, uh, yeah. God, it was terrible. <laughs> Yeah. God, and now and then the apology and oh god, yeah, yeah. he must have got served with a lot of cease and desist <laughs> letters. Exactly. So you know, I, I, you know, so obviously Dallas Keuchel is going to think what what he's going to think, and I think we'll find out in due time that everyone's cheating all the time. I think that's one thing that never changes is athletes trying to get the uh, the competitive advantage. So that that doesn't surprise me at all, and I, I think there's probably some truth there when he says keeping up with the times. I think they probably just did it better than anyone, or were more brazen about. About it and that's why they were hated so much you know so i, I will we'll see there but regardless of any of that uh, no sticky stuff no banging on trash cans i'm looking forward to dallas facing his old team on sunday that should be a good one and Sox is man I, this is gonna be a tough series man uh, you know they they lost this yeah lost the one last night they got pounded they gotta you gotta respond man and uh no better way to respond than uh, with your current ace in uh, carlos rodon going tonight so uh with that that's all i have and uh, you'll hear from us on monday we'll recap it all on monday's show Episode will be posted at midnight Monday morning, and then making our way to Pittsburgh, baby. Oh man, I can't wait! This, I wonder if they'll win a game before we get to Pittsburgh. No, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I feel like it's gonna be tough uh, matchups in the next three yeah, games. Yes. But I, what we were expecting is a split, and I think a split will happen. They'll yeah. find a way, especially with some of their studs going on. I, when you see Lynn Rodon. Keiko, you feel good about yourself, and you feel good you can get two of those three games. Yeah, Lynn doesn't have really any extra juice going up against the the Astros because he pitched in their division last year. So you know, I don't think he's got any extra motivation other than just being Lance Lynn and, and being good and all that other stuff. So we'll break it all down for you, and we hope you guys have a good weekend. And uh, let's uh, let's hope the Sox can get at least a couple here. So that's all I got, Herbie. That is Chris Tannehill. Follow him on Twitter. It is at Chris Tannehill. Me, Herb Lawrence at Ecknerwall twenty three. Our show is at Locked On Socks on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you want to leave us a voice message, 
312-566-8727. I haven't heard from Jake Lamb in a while. Been quiet since he's not getting all that PT and not playing so well. <laughs> yeah, I've been a bad boy. I didn't check the voicemail tonight. Yeah, it's fine. I, yeah, I didn't see any. I get them. I get the uh, transcriptions. I didn't see any. Uh, yeah, today. I might have missed this. One. The weekend is usually popping though in the voicemail. Like I think people will talk about things that happen, and that's a good way for us to to further the show on Monday is we can weave in and out of voicemails. And I'm sorry, Herb, I just logged into your email from my house because you logged in here. So I'm gonna log out okay. of that. I'm not gonna look at those photos you sent. Um, oh, so yeah, but yeah, we'll we'll check your voicemails three one two five six six eight seven two seven three one two five six six eight seven two seven and uh yeah man locked on socks at gmail.com we'll uh we'll we'll uh, tell you more about our plans for the pittsburgh trip on monday's show that's chris tanhill my name is herb lawrence thank you for joining us on locked on socks